Okay. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Classroom 2.0 Live session today. We're so glad that you joined us. I'm Kim Case, and I'm pleased to co-host today with Lorna Costantini. Peggy George is uh, not with us today. She's um, off with the, the uh, WOW ASCII conference today, and she will be with us next week. But we have Steve Hargett on joining us today, and our special guest, is Angela Myers, and we're going to be talking about managing social networks. Each week at the same time, we gather to discuss technology tools and issues, and our broadcast consists of a one-hour session that is recorded. The link to the full video, audio recording, and chat log is posted to our Classroom 2.0 Live site at live.classroom2.0.com. The topic each week is posted on the Classroom 2.0 Live site so that you can be prepared with links, ideas, and tools that you'd like to share. We post the newbie question of the week, and that is pre-announced so you can bring possible answers and solutions and an open mic time or, uh, so that you can share some new discoveries and highlights. And at the end of the show, we hope that you'll be sharing some of those with us. Before we begin, I'd like to review some of the highlights and the features of the Illuminate session that we'll be using today, in case you're new. During today's session, we'll be asking some poll questions. To, vote, to cast your vote, you're going to be using the check mark and, or the red X at the very top of the window in the menu. You won't click or mark anything on the whiteboard at that time. Below the participant window is a hand with a green arrow on it. If you'd like to ask a question or share something, please raise your hand by clicking on that hand, and then you'll be given the ability to use the mic and speak. Next to the hand are two emoticons, the applause symbol, and a thumbs down symbol. In the far right is a blue door. If you needed to step away from your computer, please click on the blue door and we'll know that you're not available at that time. Below those symbols is the chat window. And if you'd like to send a message to the room, you would type your message and then click the send button. To send to this room, make sure the room make sure this room is visible. If you wanted to send a message to a specific person or the moderators, you would use the drop-down arrow and make your selection. Moderators are able to see all private messages, and if you copied the chat at the end of the session, everyone is able to see the private messages then at that time. Private messages are not available in the chat log or in the recording through the Illuminate system. In the bottom right is the button to activate your microphone. You would click the mic button to begin speaking. Be sure to click the mic button when you're finished speaking to deactivate your microphone. If you cannot see the chat whiteboard or you'd like to resize the different windows, you can change the session layout. Click on View in the top menu. The layout is locked, and you may need to click on the Layout Locked option to unlock this feature. You can then select the, different, the desired layout as shown on the right, or drag out the individual windows and resize them to fit your screen. 
In a moment, we'll be using the whiteboard tools to indicate our location on the world map. The tool that we'll be using is called the laser pointer. It's the blue wand with the little red sunburst dial at the end. On the world map now, please click on the laser pointer and then click on the world map to indicate your location. You may need to um, kind of drag your little sunburst dial over to the right as the, the sunburst kind of goes to the left a little bit. So I'm seeing lots of places in the uh, United States, places over in Europe, places in South America. It's exciting to see all of the places throughout the world. And we welcome everybody that is joining us today to talk about managing social networks and our special guest, Angela Myers. Now we're going to go ahead and go on to our poll questions. And again, you're going to be using your menu to answer the question. And if you look in the top, we're going to be using a green check for yes and the red X for no. And those, again, are in the top menu. You won't be clicking on the slide. And this is just an example of where you're going to click. So the first question is, do you often feel overwhelmed? trying to manage all of your online social networks. If you do feel overwhelmed, because there's so much out there and so many networks, please click the green check. If you do not feel overwhelmed and you feel you have everything under control, then click the red, then click the red X. If you do feel overwhelmed, click the green check. If you do not feel overwhelmed, click the red X. And I'll click the, uh, show the results in just a second, give everybody a little bit of time to cast their votes. Looks like an overwhelming uh, majority of people are going to show the, have a positive result here. And it looks like 11% of the respondents here have feel that they do not feel overwhelmed, and about 77% of us do feel overwhelmed managing all of our social networks. And I'm certainly in that group. Okay, the next question is, we're going to share our favorite free online management tool. And we're going to type it on the whiteboard or in the chat. And let's go to our next screen. Okay, and you're going to use the whiteboard tool by clicking on the one with the A, and then type out there what your favorite whiteboard tool management, your management tool is for social networking is. Mine is TweetDeck for managing Twitter and Digo. Those are mine. I can't live without those. 
Also, I'm a big Plurk user. So go ahead and click, type on the, click the A in the whiteboard tool, which is the text tool. Or you can just type in the chat. See lots of Google readers, TweetDeck, Memes, Gmail, NetBinds, PWorld. Lots of Digos, TweetDex, Ping, I think it's pronounced Chef, Ping.fm. Lots of similar responses. I Google, People Browser. I haven't heard of that one, but I see that a couple times. Very interesting responses. Great responses. I'm going to take just a few more seconds to respond to this. Sprite Kit, Friend Feed, lots of tweet decks. And Google Reader, pretty common. Great. Those are all wonderful things. And I'm sure Angela is going to have some more opinions on this as we get ready to talk about managing social networks and Inbox Zero. And I'm going to introduce Angela before we get to our uh, newbie question of the week. And Angela has been an educator for 20 years. And she's currently working as an independent consultant dedicated and committed to helping educators of all levels reach their goals in literacy and literacy education. Angela's written several books, articles, and curriculum support materials. Her latest publication is Classroom Habitudes, a book about how to teach 21st century learning habits and attitudes. Angela believes that learning is a lifelong journey and that teachers need to be great learners to be great learners. Please help me welcome Angela Myers to today's show. And welcome, Angela. Hi, you guys. It is great to be here. Can you all hear me okay? We sure can, Angela. We're all so right. glad that you joined us today. I see and so many of my No, I see so many of my network in here, so this is the kind of support that we're talking about today. That's awesome. And I see lots of people from Twitter and Plurk, and I'm so glad that they have joined us today. And as we get ready to talk about um, our managing social networks, we want to first begin with how can we keep track of these social networks and stay on top of these without going crazy? Exactly. And I saw all the green. Um, the green check mark, so I know, um, and most of the people in here are very comfortable and and very active. And if we're feeling green check marks, I just imagine what our colleagues and what our staff is feeling. And I think that this conversation um, can help them. When uh, Kim asked me to talk, and and she was sharing um, Merlin Man 43 folders. If you could just on your um, with a green mark. How many of you are familiar with um, 43 folders and Merlin Mann's Inbox Zero? 
Thanks, Kim, for putting the link. Sure. Sure thing. I know I wasn't. This is um this was yours, Angela. Okay, yes, exactly. So show me and a lot of X's. Um Okay, so just a little background on Inbox Zero. Merlin Mann of um, the site 43 Folders, which if you haven't checked it out. Um, oops, sound got a little worse. Can you hear me now, sound? Yes. Okay. Um, it's really a social uh, or is a management system for email overload and email um, stress to, to do that work in an action-based way. And so Merlin Mann created a mantra that, can you go to the next slide, Kim, or I can do that? Okay, of delete, sure. uh -huh. um, delegate, respond, oh, I'm sorry, respond, defer, and, um, oh, shoot, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm working sure through this. Let me go sorry, back to I just want to, okay, all right, we'll just go to the Merlot Man one really quick. Yes, excellent. And so his system, or his habit of, of working through getting your inbox to zero involves these daily habits and actions. And when I tried to think about how this fits with the management system, that email is static and some of the tools are static, but people are human, they breathe. So I developed or I scampered um, Merlin's work and developed a mantra to remind people that this is about human beings and it's about relationships. And if we don't breathe, um, then we don't have life or we don't have energy. And so breathe um, sets up the same kind of habits and attitudes because I think that even if it's exciting and even if we want to, many, many people feel like they're drowning in social networks. And if we just stop for a second and remember the principles and the actions and habits of breathe, um, we can be more successful at sustaining ourselves but also getting life from this work. So this is what BREATHE stands for, is defining what your base is, um, deciding how to manage the relationships in that base, extending the network connections and support, remaining in the mindset of always learning, planning for transparency, having a plan. So is my sound okay? I'm hearing some feedback on the sound. Is it okay? Okay, excellent. Planning for transparency. Yeah. Okay, let me try to. Um, planning for transparency, having a plan for every network built on your base, and then embracing um, the unknown because this, um, this space that we're in is so rapidly evolving and changing. Unknown is a constant. Change is a constant. So I thought I would spend a little bit of time taking you through each, um, each action of breathe. And then um, as you guys have questions, I'll be watching the chat. We can stop at any place. Everybody take a big breath right now because breath not only calms us down, but it is what sustains us in life. So let's start with the base. And this is just based on my experience. This isn't um, you know set in stone. I'm still working through this. So as you guys um, share your insights, this can change and adapt. And our goal today, my mantra, is we're smarter together. 
So when I share with um, people both new and already versed in this space, I think it's really important to understand what your base is. And I, I think in books, there's magic of three. So I've just devised a formula of threes. What are your three core friends? And by friends, it could mean a network. But your three core friends that provide your base, that no matter what, this is what you sustain. And that you're committed to this, that you're, um, this is your foundation of people that you can go to. It's your priority. And the three tools that help you stay connected to your base. There's 5,000 tools, but there are three that are absolutely foundational that if you said, I couldn't, I couldn't do this work or I couldn't stay in this space without it, what are those three tools? For me, those three tools could be different um, depending on what your friends are and depending on what your purpose is. My three tools are my Google Reader, my RSS, and everything that I get from my Google Reader, my TweetDeck for managing my Twitter space, and Delicious for keeping track of not only my resources, but others. So I think everybody needs to decide what your base is and what your three tools are. And then as Merlin Mann talked about, what are your actions every day that are going to um, support that base and keep that base grounded? Because being able to survive in the beginning and to sustain that is about discipline. It's about willpower and it's about prioritization. And I think when new tools come along and new conversations come along, it's really, um, it really takes discipline not to go um, full force into something else or to drop your base. And you know, like for example, Twitter's a big base for me and I'm listening about Plurk and I'm open-minded, but I'm not dropping everything and running, and running to that Plurk community. I'm going to just explore that. I know what my base is. So I'm just going to give you a second to ask a question or make a comment about the idea, do you know what your base is? Is it so solid it is unbreakable? Just going to wait for a second in the chat. This is the time when I say in a group, turn and talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. I don't that I've thought about just three points three things being my foundational as a base. And I think you can you grow that. Yes, ghost librarians saying time is a problem. And I think that if we mm -hmm. can continue to make our base solid, and it could be more than three, but I think it's a good starting point because three, you know, forms a kind of foundation. So absolutely, their bases mm -hmm. are people. So I'm going to go on to the next. So once I have my foundation, oops, I don't know why I keep going forward on this. Sorry about that, you guys. Yeah, you don't want to hit the, um, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <gasps> okay, you, there we you go. You don't want to hit the one with the line at the end. Okay, got it. All right, so um, the second aspect of breathe is relationships, and we say this a lot. But I really want us to keep this in mind, that our relationships online operate very much the same as our relationships offline. So if you think about the way that you handle interactions offline, if you look at your friends, there's going to be a body of friends that if you saw them in the shopping mall or you saw them at a restaurant, 
you would walk by and wave. You would acknowledge them. But you might not even go over and talk to them. You just acknowledge their presence. You have another tier of friends that if you actually did see them at a restaurant or in the mall, you might stop and actually pause for a minute, sit down at a table, and have a conversation with them. But it, it would be random. It would be brief because you just bumped into them. You have another tier where you actually call them and set up time for lunch. And you make time in your, in your schedule to meet and actually sit down and, and have a conversation. And then there are those friends that you absolutely make time for every, every day and every week in your life. And that's how I look at my um, networks, is there different tiers of relationships. And so when I look at maybe LinkedIn or I look at Facebook, those would be, if I get um, something in my email that says, hey, here's a new friend, I might stop by and you know, wave to them, but not spend a lot of time there. I may have another um, interaction where I bump into them and we actually, I might put something on their, on their wall on Facebook or I might write a message back to LinkedIn, but it's not a planned thing. A more important network of relationships are, are my, Twitter, um, my Twitter friends. And I might actually set something up. I might say, like today, I put a call out and said, you know what, join me, friends. Come have, a, you know, come have a drink with me today. We're having this great conversation. Come sit at the table with me. And then there are other friendships and networks that I actually plan for and, and have time. And I think about my online life in the same way I develop my offline relationships. That it isn't about the tool. It's not about Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Ning. It's about what's the level and the depth of the interaction of that relationship. And I think that's easier for, for people to make connections to because we're around and surround ourselves with people all the time. So take a minute and just turn and talk for um, this idea about managing relationships. Any thoughts or questions? Yes, Steve, exactly. It's not immediacy, it's value. Another good point that differs from um, the inbox zero is that we're never going to delete, well, maybe we might want to, but our friends and our relationships aren't going to go away. So if I miss a conversation, it's archived, it's linked. I can find it back on their blog, or I can go look at their or I can, you know, have this posted. So I'm not losing out. I can still engage, and I'm not missing something. Where often, if I don't see somebody in person, I could miss a lot. And I think that's a, a very um, powerful thing about this space, you know, unlike other spaces. All right, excellent. So now I'm going to go to the next, which is really important because I think that success in this space with relationships and sustainability isn't about the follow or the following, it's about the follow up. So I want to say that again because it's really important. There's a difference between following and following up. And so following up or following through is all about extensions. It's all about your ability to extend your conversation, extend the reach, or extend, um, extend the connection. Because the more we extend it, um, the richer our network becomes, the more solid our foundation becomes. And, and I think there's a lot of people that immediately follow somebody back, 
but it's, it's about purposeful extensions. How are you going to, if you look at sort of a network, how are you going to make that network stronger? It's through the connections. So that's commenting on blogs. That's sharing links. It's sharing resources. It's introducing people. Um, I do this all the time on Twitter. You've got to meet this person. You've got to meet this person. It's not just about following to get followers. It's about extending the conversation um, between your network, around your network, and past your network. And I think that's one of the things that um, once we have our base, we're more in a position to do that, is to reach beyond our base. And I do that, and I think that's the beauty of things like Twitter, is I know who my base is, and I know who I'm going to be talking to um, you know, for my core, who keeps me grounded. But I am constantly extending the questions or the conversation to people outside of my field. I have become so, um, have such a wider perspective because of the marketers and the business and the, the writers and the poets and the, the mothers and the fathers and, and the people that I follow that are non-educators. They bring a, a, much, um, a much more powerful perspective. So are we extending? Every action should not only be a follow, it should be a follow-up. What's your follow-up? Thoughts or questions on that? If anybody has a question or a comment that they'd like to share, if you'd raise your hand by clicking on the hand with the green arrow, you're welcome yeah. to take the microphone. Absolutely. Jump in any time, any time. Heidi, that's a great, I, I mean, and think about what that does. Um, like she's saying, I follow scientists. We are now in a place where technology is an equalizer. I couldn't get an appointment with a secretary of a secretary of a secretary from some of the people I'm on um, first name basis with on Twitter and some of these networks. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. And, I, and I'm that's not talking about point. Oprah. Yes. Yeah. That's right, that's right. That's a good point about who you follow and you just become, like you said, first name basis. Um, Jackie, that's a, a great, um, exactly. Um, when we get to, uh, um, well, actually, we can talk about that now. On, on who to follow, uh, Jackie brought a great question of, you know, what's my criteria? And I think it goes back to um, there's not a blanket formula for criteria. So the criteria has to match what your plan is, what your base is, what your relationship is. So when we talk about the last, um, the H in Breathe, about having a plan, there's a plan for who I follow. So don't let me forget to um, bring, that to the, bring that to the conversation. Um, the A, um, this is no surprise, the A in Breathe, I mean, I think this is the life of everything, is that it is an always learning, all the time, anytime, non-negotiable mindset. And learning is a mindset. It's not an age. Um, we are in a space that redefines what expertise is. And those who were once considered experts in one space can be obsolete um, because they have, in their own mind, believed they've reached a level of proficiency. Proficiency is a blind spot. Because once you have the mindset that you are proficient or you're expert or you get it, 
you stop reaching out, you stop asking questions, you stop positioning yourself as a learner. And I've seen a lot of really smart people that I've admired for years and years um, operate on the mindset of expertise. And I watch them not um, being successful in new spaces with times changing. And I think that the successful of the future will not only be those who know how to learn, but those who believe they are learners always first. And I think that adds a whole new level to what Alvin Troffler's famous quote is. You know, the successful of the future is the inability to learn, but you don't feel the need to learn if you feel you're expert or you feel you've gotten it. And there's a lot of people in every field, but I think a lot in education, who have reached um, proficiency in their own mind, but they're not putting it in the landscape of learning at this speed, at this um, level. So my absolute mantra is learning first. And um, any time, any way, any level from any one, always, absolutely. Um, okay, that's my little soapbox about um, always learning. And, and then I think this um, carries a new kind of uh, importancy, the idea of transparency. And I know this scares a lot of um, educators, especially when we look at transparency with kids and danger. But it's not only, um, success is not only about being transparent, it's about preparing for transparency. Um, let me tell you a little bit about what I mean. I look at my life as a learner, and I am the sum total of a lot of parts. I am, like you, play many roles. I'm a mom. I'm a, a wife. I'm a friend. I'm a teacher. I'm a blogger. I'm a Twitterer. I'm a, a staff developer. I'm a professor. I've got all these things. But each one of those parts, even though I might communicate in my roles, differently. Who I am never changes. I do not have a separate identity in any of those spaces. So even though some of my communication might be different depending on what my role is, my whole is transparent. Who I am, what I'm about, what I stand for is always about um, being uh, vulnerable and honest and um, open and letting at any, any level of conversation who I am. And so I think that's really important when we look at preparing for transparency in the future for ourselves and our kids is that it is not a matter of um, if you are going to be found, it's a matter of when you are found. We are findable now. And so when you are found, whether it's by a colleague or a parent or a student, who who are they going to see? And, and if you prepare for transparency, they'll see what you intend them to see. They will see who you are. And so when you look at um, branding, which is really a business term, education needs to be about helping kids prepare for transparency because they will be their own brand. And um, who they are will matter way more than what they know. So there is no hiding in this space. Truth, you know, my friend and partner Mike Sansoni always tells me truth bubbles up over time. And because we um, have our footprints all over the place, it doesn't take a lot of time for truth to bubble up um, about who you are. 
So I think that in our instruction, and when we work with kids and we work with teachers, one of the teachers I had in my graduate class you know, said, um, it, it, I, I don't need to put my name. It doesn't matter. And I said, it does matter. You, there is no hiding anymore. If you don't um, show who, who you are, they're going to find you in a different way and make, um, make assumptions about you that you may or may not. Control that. We can control that. How many of you on the, um, if you can show me with your little check, have um, created your Google profile? Just show me with your little check. Google sent out um, maybe about a week ago. They were going to help um, us play more of a part in our own personal branding. I don't think I've heard of a Google profile. What do you mean? OK, so I will um, I'll get a link in there for you. Just give me um, a second. I'm going to go on. I'm going to actually, Mike's in the chat room. Mike, can you put a link in for Google Profile? So when um, somebody find, uh, types something in on Google, it's going to help you position. Oh, thanks, Jackie. Thank you, thank you. Um, that is something that, this is your homework for tonight in Transparency Preparation 101, is uh, to look at you know, how do you want people to see you once you are found. So yes, Derp, I'm going to put him to work always. All right, any questions or thoughts on transparency? And I'll also talk about transparency being a part of the plan. And if you'd like okay. to take the mic, please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. I, am I talking too fast? I have always been. Not at all. I just Not get so all. excited. OK. All right, so. Um, the H in transparency is really the heart of all of this. Or, I'm sorry, the H in breathe is really about your plan. And, and plans are tricky because we want like um, a perfect plan. And we want somebody to just put it in a three ring binder or, or tweet about it or blog about it and then we'll just follow it. And it's not quite that simple because the plan is personalized and it must be customized. The, the key, um, the key def uh, definer of success, I think, there was just um, a tweet that I sent a couple days ago about 60% of Twitterers quit. And that doesn't surprise me at all because um, many people just jump in and again go back to, they just start following or they just start, start doing it, but they don't have a plan. So um, a plan is a clearly defined objective about the habits and the actions that you're going to engage in for the relationship you're trying to nurture. I have a plan for my blog. I have a plan for my Twittering. I have a plan for um, my profile. I have a plan for um, managing you know, my incoming information, my outgoing information. So I'm going to share just a couple of those plans just to get an idea of how specific they are because plans that are general typically fall apart. Plans that are specific you're more likely to stick to and become habit. So I am not suggesting that this plan works for you. This is the plan that I created, and, and then I want you to you know, take it and, and put it toward your own base and your own relationship. So here's my Twitter plan. I call it the, and um, actually I'm going to have Mike, will you get um, the link to that? So my Twitter plan is a formula of how I manage my tweets, and it's on a 70-20-10 uh, ratio. 
So 70% of my plan on Twitter is sharing and extending the conversation by sharing resources. 20% of my time on Twitter is making deliberate connections, responding, asking people to sit down at the table and carry the conversation further. And then 10% is a transparency, is hi, how's your hat? I tweeted this morning. I didn't want to run. I was hoping that I could tweet and just burn calories. But you know, I think that tells um, people you know, that you're more than your work, that you're human, that you crave chocolate and you get sad at movies and you hate exercising and you love your family and all that stuff. This is my plan. It is not one that would work or would be applicable to other people. Teachers have a different means for Twitter. Um, you know, marketers have something different. Oh, by, by derf. Um, so the key to having a plan is being able to go back to what is my base, what is my goal, what relationships do I need to put the most into, and how am I going to manage these tools. Um, my blogging plan is, is a little bit different. So I guess my question to you with the, with the check mark again is when you, when you look at your life online, do you have a defined plan for how you spend your time and um, what your habits and actions are? Can you articulate that to somebody else? So just let me see. It's not a test. You won't get a bad mark if you get put an X down. <laughs> nice, Steve. Matt, I think that's a great point, is a lot of people's plans are totally random, and that's where it's easy to become, um, you look down at your clock and you know three hours later you're still there and you haven't accomplished. Because I think this is about sustainment. It's not about a one-time interaction. This is about sustainment. It really goes back to discipline and willpower and prioritization. And of course I break away from my plans and I spend time sometimes on Twitter when I need to be doing other things. But overall I try really hard to stick to my plan. Steve, can you share like um, a little insight into what your plan is? Yeah, I definitely have things that uh, I really like to do that really give me enjoyment that are around organizational events and the like. And in order to do that, I have to have blocks of time. So I've had to kind of organize my social media in ways that allow me to block out two or three hours at a time without having uh, that interruption and then to be able to look at that social media for a given period of time before moving to the next block of uh, sort of devoted tasks. Excellent. Thanks, Steve. I'm going to just share, I think, some plans that could be um, adapted fairly easy because Twitter and you know, Nings or, or whatever your social network is, it's so based on the kind of relationships you're trying to build. Those are a little bit harder to just take on. But um, my plan for RSS, again, comes from, you know, my, my friend and partner, Mike Sansoni. And he calls it, um, I don't even know if he has a fancy name for it, but when you look at RSS reading, whatever your feeder is, we call this um, skim, save, scan, and share or skim, scan, save, and share. So the four S's. 
so that when I'm looking at my, my Google Reader, I'm not going to panic. I'm going to breathe because sometimes I'll look at it and it will be a thousand feeds and I'll, I'll get a little overwhelmed and I'll stop myself and breathe and remember my first plan of action is, oh, I love that really serious relief, <laughs> is um, to just skim it. So I'm skimming the headlines, which again goes back to, as writers, we need to be really um, cognizant that this is a new reading strategy, that readers aren't going to read you know, a five-page dissertation. We've got to write headlines really well. So this is a reading and a writing plan. But my reading plan is I'm skimming the headlines, and immediately I'm favoring ones I want to save. I'm not immediately reading them right then. I immediately save. And then as I go back and I look at my favors, because I can get through a 1,000 seeds in five minutes, then I go back to my favorites, the ones that I have saved because of a headline or maybe because I know the writer or you know, because it's an intriguing topic. Then I go back and scan, which is deeper reading. It's focused reading. And I'll go back into the post or into the site and then read deeper. And then I think about what my follow-up is going to be, what my action is going to be, how am I going to save that knowledge, whether it be my bookmarkings or how am I going to share that. And then I have folders that are available for um, scheduling tweets. If I, I use Brightkit um, to, to schedule um, people's posts, people's information or resources that I want to tweet so I can spread out my tweets. And then I have folders that I have for future blogs that I want to blog about what somebody else did, or I, I might just share it in a less formal way. So it's sort of like, do you remember the SQ3R when you were in school, when you were taught to read a textbook? This is what I teach students and um, teachers about reading feeds. So it's kind of like the, the Web 2.0 SQ3R, the four S's. And again, this might be something that you can take a piece of, but it's really easy to get overwhelmed with all the information um, being delivered to you. Um, trying to think of, oh, Jackie asked about what my plan was for deciding who to follow. So when I look at um, a blog or I look at um, a Twitter page, I do what I call a thin slice. So it's, it comes from just in two minutes, I want to thin slice the blog. And I want to look at, is the person transparent? What can immediately, is their face there? Is their real name there? Is their contact information there? And then I want to look at, if it's a blog, I want to look at their, um, sort of like their table of contents, the content of their blog. And I look at the topics, because that's an overarching sort of big idea on the blog. And I think about, are they writing consistently? Are they right? I know, I know Dirk, I'm talking to you about your faith. So, <laughs> um, but I want to look at what their topics are, how consistent they publish, how willing they are to share what they publish, um, how open, and, and you, it doesn't take 10 minutes to do this. It's, it's a quick, thin slice. On Twitter, I look at the first two pages of their Twitter stream. Do I see a lot of at signs? Um, what's their follower following ratio? And that's not an exact because, you know, initially if they're following like, you know, 500 people, I mean, they're following 500 people and only two are following them, that sends a red flag. Or vice versa, if their 500 are following them and they're only following two, then I store, sort of red flag goes up about their, you know, are they seeing themselves as such an expert? They don't need to learn from someone else. 
so I kind of look at the ratio, but more importantly, I look at how are they extending or following up with the conversations coming to them. Do I see them sharing? Do I see a lot of at returns? Do I see, um, and I give them a pass in the beginning if they're just starting out. So obviously if it's a teacher or an educator just starting out and learning, um, then I, I almost typically follow them back. So I, again, it's about just being really purposeful, not going and trying to follow everyone that follows you. It's not about followership. It, it goes back to the nature and the strength of the relationship. And, and I think that's, again, going to be personal, but there's some tips that, you know, everybody can, uh, everybody can take away. The last um, thought is I, I know there's a lot of words to describe um, social media, but I don't hear this word um, being talked about enough, and I think it's the word embrace. And I'm, I mean, I work with educators every day that are hesitant and that are worried, but I want them to understand that the most important 21st century skill, in my opinion, is adaptability. Knowing that change is the only thing that we can count on, and that risk is, is trying to stay safe. You know, safe is risky in the 21st century. And so embracing means embrace the unknown, embrace ambiguity, embrace challenge. Every time you are challenged, you grow. And what they will very quickly and immediately find out is if you embrace this space, the network will embrace you back. You will never be the same once you feel that hug. I look in this, there's 69 people spending a Saturday morning in this conversation right. I'm, this is an embrace to me. I have been hugged so greatly by the people that I have encountered. It is life changing. We talk a lot about teachers always start with the fear. They always start the conversation um, with, you know, uh, what's the ROI? What's the ROI? I don't have time. All of this, all of this. Here's the ROI. This is all I'm talking about ROI. The risk of ignoring is so much greater than the risk of being overwhelmed or the risk of being scared or the risk of feeling inadequate. The risk of ignoring is absolutely dangerous for us and for our kids because these are not going away. Technology is not going away. Change is not going to slow down. It's going to speed up. If we recognize that is um, consistency, that we will be information overwhelmed and change will happen fast, well, great. You can ignore it or you can embrace it. And um, when we look at what the risk is if we hesitate, and I mean hesitate, I don't mean just ignore, even hesitate, we are going to have so many opportunities pass by us that we are going to be unprepared to stand in front of kids. We are already, in many, many cases, unprepared to stand in front of kids and make the claim that we're preparing them to be successful in this world. So I think breathe. Um, is a really important thing to keep reminding us of, that this is a human endeavor with human capital, human power, human interactions. Human beings that don't breathe die. <laughs> human beings that don't breathe can also pass out. So we don't want that to happen. So if we just stop ourselves and we take in 
breath is also what keeps us alive. And um, I think that I'm hoping that this will resonate with, with teachers and that they can relate to this and that they can both physically and, and you know, mentally think about this. So I hope that Breathe gives you a chance to talk with um, your staff and your network and your teachers in a way that brings the humanness back to the forefront and not the technology to the forefront. So any thoughts or, or questions or ideas? I, I can talk a long time, so you've got to like raise your hand and shut me up. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Does any, if any of you would like to make a comment or ask a question, uh, please do so. And somebody just asked, can you talk about what the three actions were? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, the three actions are about how your habit of time. So my, and again, my three actions are different. So my, my three actions are um, first thing in the morning, it's almost like drinking my coffee, I open my feed reader. I almost, I have to discipline myself not to go to Twitter first because then I get, you know, I meet Dirk and I see all these people and I get off track. So my first action of business is always my feeder, is my skin scan, save and share because it, it lays the ground for the conversations I'm going to have. Then my second action, of course, is Twitter. And um, being able to, and my actions could be different than yours, but mine are first my DMs because those are the conversations of people talking directly to me that, you know, want to sit down further or want to say something more intimate. And then I look at my at replies because I want to make sure that I have um, extended or connected that conversation. So I'm really diligent about that. And then, um, you know, my normal Twitter formula. And then my um, last action of the day is, is my blog. So I've made a commitment. I also have a formula for my blog on um, the flow of my blogging. Not, not, not that it's a rote, but on, to make sure it stays buried and that I stay true to what I do. So the blog's the foundation of my work. Um, and so then I look at, am I sticking to my blog promise to myself of making myself um, put in writing my thinking? Because it makes me better in everything I do. Writing makes me better. So those are my three actions. I don't think it matters what your actions are as long as action, and that's what um, Merlin Mann's talking about, is that this whole idea of management is, is about action-based thinking and operation. So I picked three just because it's, it's a doable number. And you know, I go back to fairy tales and tradition. There's always been threes. If things are in threes, it's usually pretty lucky. It's been lucky for me, so. Excellent. And uh, something else is, what can you do to develop your base or get your top three? Okay. I think the first thing in um, developing your base is, is really defining um, two things, is defining um, who you are. I mean, I think that we have to decide who we are before we decide who we're going to bring in as the foundation of keeping us who we are. So what, what is your goal? What is your intention? What are you about? Um, and we do that with our friends. So you know, that, that's why they want to hang around us, because they know who we are. So once you decide who you are, then you want to find foundational people or networks around you that um, 
help you stay true to who you are, but push you to be better than you are. And so I have that very close-knit network of people that are always influencing my thinking. And so, it, and I ask, and this is with teachers, but I start out with teachers trying to find three people, not three networks. So, I mean, if they went to Classroom 2.0, there's thousands of people, but again, you start getting back into that drowning scenario. So I, I teach them tools like, I mean, it could be Twitter's um, Twitter for Teachers, or it could be Twello, which is what I'm really liking, the Twello search, T-W-E-L-L-O.com, so that they can sort of customize um, to maybe find another teacher like them or someone, like if it's an English teacher or um, if it's another staff developer or another literacy coach. Um, and then if I'm working you know, with that school or with those teachers, I can help meet with individual teachers to find out sort of their customizing who their base is going to be, helping them find out who they are and what they want to know. So I think we have to help each other do that. Um, I think a big mistake people make is they try to make their base too big, and then it gets hard to keep up with. So three, as you know, obviously grows and grows and grows. But if you have your core, um, I think it's easy to build once the foundation's there. So once they have that, and then they pick their three tools. And they, and I, again, I think my three tools could be different, but I absolutely think RSS has to be one of the core tools because that's how you're getting information about other people and resources and ideas. So it allows you to make a plan because you know what's out there. And then um, I think either Delicious or Twitter um, is very is very important too because it helps you keep what I call found things found. <laughs> it helps you keep the information that you're listening about or hearing in a place where you can access it, use it, and extend it. Just knowing about something isn't helpful if you can't get to it, access it, and use it. So again, these are just simple, simple guidelines that can be adapted at so many levels, um, but I think it's a starting place. Did I answer that? Not sure. I think you did. I definitely think you did. Um, oh, good. A hand Steve, that was me. I'm kind of a ringer if I raise my hand. So one thing that really helped me was I felt this pressure to follow everybody. It was as though, yes. okay, in order to be in the network, I've got to know what everybody's saying and everybody's doing. Well, the math very quickly just rules that out. So it really helped me to kind of come to this realization that my ability to bring value back into the network depends on my finding things I care about and I'm interested about. And they could be very different than someone else. So I focus on those, knowing that they may not be of interest to everybody else, but I can bring them in and they form a part of a larger whole. I think, Steve, that is a, a very um, critical point. Because it almost is a fun thing. If somebody comes and shakes your hand, you, you want to be nice, you know? We're nice people. So I've become more selfish, I guess. Um, Liz Davis wrote about this the other day the idea of selfish, using self first. If you don't preserve who you are and what you're about and yourself first, you cannot be of value to somebody else. And um, not to feel guilty about not following or not engaging with somebody um, who engages with you at another network. To stay true to what you believe and with in mind always, what's the value that I can add 
to this space or to this place? And what tool is going to help me, you know, best do that? And it is not a popularity contest. It's not a numbers contest. It's, it is, are you getting feedback about how your engagement level, yes, absolutely, Beck, you can engage with everybody, about is your engagement level making you better, making you stronger, and more importantly, is it making other people better and stronger and more confident? Because I, I say this, um, you know, every day in my blog, my last line is, we are smarter together. But I mean that. I mean, this idea, um, education's danger is it silos. And it silos not only physically, where we're in different places and different rooms and we don't get a plan, but our mental silos. When we position ourselves to be in a certain department or, um, you know, I'm a math teacher, I'm a science teacher, and not look at us as a resource for one another, um, we can't do that. We, we cannot survive um, being silos. And that's, a, that's important is the um, social aspect and being together and supporting one another and developing that support system. Exactly. Well, Angela, we thank you so much for joining us today, and we can continue on with this conversation. And this is such an important topic: managing and making you know this easier, and kind of streamlining this thing, the social networks in our lives. And we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we go on and complete the uh, eliminate survey, I'd like to uh, share with you some things about coming up next week. Um, TheFutureOfEducation.com is a mean community that Steve Hargadon has created in addition to Classroom.2.0.com. And it's um, in conjunction with KnowledgeWorks Foundation and PBS. And next week, there will be an interview series with Don Tapscott, who is the author of Grown Up Digital and the co-author of Wikinomics on May 6th. Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific, they'll be he will be interviewing Tom Don Tapscott, and on Wednesday, Thursday, May 7th, he'll also be interrupting the, the author, the co-author of Disrupting Class, Disrupting Class, Michael Horn. And so those are going to be two wonderful, wonderful uh, interviews that you're not going to want to miss next week. Um, so be sure to stay tuned for those and. In conjunction with PBS, the um, Jean-Michael Cousteau Ocean Adventures presents Diving into the Digital World of Marine Science. And this is with uh, PBS on May 4th, this coming Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific time. You're going to want to be sure to join in. And those will all be in Illuminate with Steve Harkadon. That's going to be a fantastic interview series as well. So be sure to mark your calendars and uh, leave that time available to join Steve. And we have a want to extend a very special thanks to Angela Myers for joining us today, and Steve Hargadon for filling in for Peggy today. And Steve is our founder of the Classroom2.0.com and the Classroom2.0 Live series and the Future of Education.com. 
And we thank everybody who joined us today throughout the world. And we appreciate Illuminate for providing this forum, for allowing us to meet each week at the same time. And, next and week, I just want to say thanks to everybody also. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're so glad that you joined us and, and you know, everybody who came to you and support us, we're very grateful. And next week at the same time, we will be talking about NET 2009, how to prepare and uh, to attend live and virtually with Steve Hargadon. So please join us. And later this afternoon or this weekend, we will be uh, posting the recordings the full video at the live.classroom20.com site. And uh, let me go ahead and post the link to the survey. And um, put the slide up for that. And you can access that by clicking on the link here as well as the link from the chat window. And this link will take you to the survey. And the survey has questions that are for Illuminate, as well as for Classroom 2.0, the live series here. So please fill out that uh, survey and give us feedback on our sessions here in the Illuminate forum. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we revise the survey so that it's not just about Illuminate but that it also gives feedback on the uh, shows that we're producing here in Illuminate. So please take a moment to click on the link. Um, also, the I believe that the uh, link to the to the uh, survey is in our uh, share tabs link. If it's not, then it is in the um, you can click on it directly from the chat or in the slides right here. But regardless, um, please take a moment to fill that out. And we hope that you'll join us next week for NET 2009 live and virtually with Steve Hargadon. And we hope that you will have a great day. And thank you so much, Angela, and for everybody joining us today. Have a great afternoon or evening um, or morning, wherever you are. And thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, everybody.